Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 95. As in 95. <laughs> if I knew it in Spanish, I'd tell ya. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 95 of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is D.G. Hollums. 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 And this week, we're here to generally speak about the church. D.G. has some sort of undisclosed topic in mind. Undisclosed? It is secret. Super secret, my friends. Woohoo! So, DG, it's good to have you back. You Thanks. had the week off last week. and I did. I hope- did. Well, from you. <laughs> from me. <laughs> Not from life, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, life, I'm going to pause you real quick, okay? <laughs> nice. So anyway, uh, I hope things went well with whatever your obligations were last week. Uh, thank you. It went really well, actually. I was meeting with the possible coach for the water, so church plant that I'm doing. Yes. The church plant slash mission that I'm doing. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and um, it went really, really well. It was, it was It's one of those things where I need to find $46,000 a year Yeah. starting June of 2010. And this guy was, yeah, no problem. Sure. I'm going to get you in contact with a guy who's an expert on asking people for money and he'll tell you where and how. And, and he said, <laughs> he's going to, he's going to go get you a panhandler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, get a, get a dollar, man. You know what's, what cracks me up about the word panhandler is I grew up in the Texas panhandle. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, what, he's going to West Texas. <laughs> nice. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, it was, um, uh, it was really good. And he was like, no worries. It's fine. $50,000 before December. We'll get it. No problem. I was yeah. like, what? Who Who are you and what circles do you hang out with? Yeah. And I was just blown away by that. So anyway, so whatever secrets I learned from this guy, I'm passing them to you. Cliff. That would be awesome. <laughs> so anyway. Nice. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm looking forward to it. It really is very exciting. And, and um, uh, it's it's one of those things where you, you think that you you have a there's a there's a time there where you think your whole life is just going to radically change because you're going to have to get either a new job or a new appointment in the Methodist church. You get a new appointment. Um, and, and, and you just, especially when you're doing a church plan, I mean, it is your baby. I mean, this is your dream. This right. is what you really have been putting all your life into for the past four years. So right. it looks like that life, uh, if we can be able to raise a little bit, a little bit of money, uh, or a lot of money in my book, um, it would, it will, It'll survive. So, well, so, I had something exciting happen last week. Oh yeah, it was the first time I've actually preached in oh, over yeah. five years, and I preached the same Sunday. Did you really? I really did. Rock on. What was your topic? Um, 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 um <laughs> he has no clue. No, it's because I'm preaching tonight in Bowling Green, oh, and that's okay. what's in my brain okay. right now. I think it was basically stop being so consumeristic with the way you understand worship, like. It's all for me. It's all for me. Mentality. Yep. And you need to start thinking that if you're a healthy Christian, it's all about what you are giving to the church and to the world and to God. Yes. Uh, and so that's that was my, that's the, the gist. I need that one because I still struggle. Very, I, I'm very consumeristic when it comes to worship. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was I Romans. I struggle with that one. It was Romans 12. And, uh, and I read it as a call to arms against sin and selfishness. Sweet. It was really cool, and I even I even quoted Winston Churchill. That sounds a little hellfire and damnation to it, me. It was 
Except Sweet. it had nothing to do with hell. <laughs> it had to do- You're going to hell if you don't stop yeah. being so selfish. <laughs> yeah, that's not- yeah, yeah. I was just basically saying, no, you're not living the Christian life that you should be living. Get, if you're doing get this. this. My church invited me to speak and to teach on the subject of online community, the power of online community, specifically to talk about how our church could really experience the meetings in between the meetings. You know, the the concept of, you know, if you only see the people here at this place right. on Sundays, then you really don't have relationships with these people. <clears throat> and you yeah. there there are there are tons of different opportunities for you to meet with people and they said specifically one opportunity are is are are these online venues and sometimes we have so many you know there are so many white elephants in the room when you talk about facebook and, sure, sure, and sure. stuff like that and so i got to i got to put a lot of the you know the big concerns out there and explain that you know some of this is real, but you know it's all about living a balanced life. And isn't there other sermons we preach throughout the year that kind of talk about you know balance? Right. But what was really cool is I, I did two things. One, how you can use a service like Facebook or other social networking tools. How you can use those to build better relationships between Sundays with the people who are here. Uh-huh. And one of the re- one of the ways that I was able to do that was I went in and and I said here here are three screenshots of of updates status updates and everybody you see on the screen is somebody from this church here and these were all things going on this week and I was able to, oh, to cool. pull in and some so I'm not going to give the whole sermon here uh, but I also said there's there's one other um, purpose for this that can help build the kingdom and that is sharing your life and what's going on with you in such a way that inspires other and introduces them to your faith, but in a very non-threatening way, you know, in a, in a way that it just comes naturally. And so I demonstrated that and I also uh, explained about Tess, our great friend Tess, uh, who had given me permission to share some thoughts that she had awesome. related to uh, the Watermark sermons uh, and also some follow-up emails where she has... Uh, now uh, come to a, a faith in God, oh, which Tess. is here totally awesome. We celebrate. Yes. So, um, and and there's other things. If anybody's <clears> interested <throat> in hearing my sermon, because of course I'm sure DG is yours online. Uh, no, I I was just telling Tess. He does it so much. No, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't preach. I write discussion guides every single week. That's what I do. That's why it's so rare for me to actually get to preach. Um, and that's why I freak out about it probably more than I should. No, but I, what I do is I actually write mine out and it was, it was long, dude. It was like six pages, single spaced long. And, uh, and then, and then what I do is I print it out and I read it through like six or seven times and then I just toss the paper and go. Um, but what I do is a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll proofread it after that and then I'll add some stuff and I'll delete some stuff. And so I haven't made all those corrections from, from when I preached it too. So. Well, mine is online. If anybody's interested, you can go to gspn.tv slash cliff sermon. It's all one word. C-L-I-F-F sermon. Awesome. uh, If you want to check it out. But anyway, uh, and and just interesting uh, that you talk about how you created your sermon. Uh, One of the ways that I do it is I I also write out exactly everything that I'm going to say. But... And and then, of course, what I'll do is I'll condense it down into like bite-sized chunks and then I'll put it into, you know, just the main points. And then I actually I put it into a keynote presentation on my MacBook. Oh, yeah, 
Okay. And every slide is just a one. It, it is a one phrase. Gotcha. So it'll say God's will. Dude, and that Cliff, you should do that with your iPhone, man. Huh? You should get well, I was, remote. I, I was actually I was actually using my iPhone for my timer, which is oh, okay. they got a kick out of me okay. watching the time. So because like, you do know the keynote remote, you can change slides and see the next slide as well as the current slide on your iPhone. Yeah, you can but, change them on your. Oh but I, my had, gosh. I had I just had a music stand with my MacBook on it. Oh, that's funny. S- uh, uh, sporting my PABL sticker. <laughs> I get a little bit of advertising at <laughs> a church. That's right, man. Jesus comes over, rips off the tag. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure he would. Uh, <laughs> it's the equi- it's the it's the modern day equivalent of throwing over <laughs> tables and chairs. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, I, you know what? So basically, I forgot how much I really enjoyed preaching. It is. It, it, I it because is, I always I am always flipped out before I preach. I sleep every single time. This is in all my experience in the past. I would like you know I I, I just can't. I don't have anything to say. You know, and yeah. it's, and, and so I work really really hard, and I still don't feel completely satisfied with what I've come with. But you know, it, times come. I've got to do this thing, and I'm like I feel really inadequate for the task, mm. and then I get up there. And usually for the first 10 to 25 seconds, I'm a little, I feel a little awkward. And from that point forward, it's like, it's not me anymore. Yeah. And, and I had forgotten how awesome it is to get up there and all of a sudden the spirit speaks the words for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, and what a rush that is. And it's like, so right after I finished preaching, every time it's like, dude, I want to do that again next week. But then all of a sudden the next time somebody says, hey, Cliff, do you want to preach this? Do you need me to? <laughs> you know, because I get, I, I immediately go back to, I, I don't know that I have anything to share. Right, but uh, it was awesome, and I, I, I had a great time. So you have a, you have a uh, topic of the day inspired by Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Okay. So my wife, Tiffany. Yes. The hottest thing on the planet. <laughs> anyway, Next to my wife. Uh, well, in your mind, whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> that's why I love you, uh, in a mainly heterosexual Christian way. Exactly. Um. Anyway, she was listening to your Grey's Anatomy podcast with you and Stephanie, and uh, she was listening Uh-oh. to the one where um, Stephanie bit my head off. Uh, probably <laughs> isn't that isn't that all of them? It is actually. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, but she said something about uh, you were talking about the topic of lying. Oh yeah, and uh, and Stephanie said it's okay to lie if you're saving someone else from pain. I think this is I think this is what Tiffany was saying. Okay, and you were like, mm-hmm. no. Why are you no? And and she was like, "Well, I lied to my mom all the time to save her from pain." And you were like, "Have you ever lied to me?" And she said, "I'm not telling you." <laughs> <laughs> and then Tiffany said throughout the entire podcast, it was like you were trying to stay on topic, but Cliff was always like, I, "You mean like you mean like you might have lied to me earlier?" <laughs> 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 and it made me think about um, it made me think about her mentality of her thinking about lying is okay if it's saving someone pain. Okay. And uh, and I had just come from a Center for Transforming Mission uh, conference thing that they're doing. They do these things called street intensives. Um, and if you haven't ever gone to a Center for Transforming Mission, it's really, really cool. I mean, uh, these guys are basically taking people who are doing ministry in the ghettos of ghettos, like the ghetto of Guatemala City. So you have a horrible low-income country and then the ghettos of those places. And they're taking people that are ministering to children, to 
just gang members to, you know, to the poor of the poor. And they're providing for them an education about atonement and about, you know, justification, whatever else. I mean, just like pretty hardcore, deep level thinking kinds of things. And they're giving them an opportunity to have a conversation, to read books. And um, when you're done with a three-year time period, if you've read all the books and you've attended all of their street intensives, which is like a weekend's worth of like, you know, eight in the morning until nine o'clock at night, then you literally come out of there with half of a master's degree. Wow. Um, which is really cool. So anyway, they're doing one of these in Cincinnati at Vineyard Central. And, um, and of course, all my, I got a lot of good, great friends at Vineyard Central there, and they were talking about this. And, and so he was basically saying that um, it's time to start reading the Bible from below uh, and talking about the image. The, the, our image of Jesus is how it, it actually shapes the way we serve. And, uh, and if what we, does that mean? Read the Bible from below. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to get to that. That's, okay. that's, the, that's kind of the main topic. But he was basically talking about why is it that we always want to ignore pain or, or, you know, just say no, it's horrible. When in the midst of that pain, sometimes we can actually find out who we are, or uh, we can actually learn who in the world Jesus is in the midst of the pain that we see on the cross. Um, that is a that is a part of the very core of who Christ is. Right, is this cross. Uh, and, uh, and, and maybe it's not horrendous. Uh, yeah, of course it's horrendous pain wise. Um, but maybe, maybe if we actually, instead of ignoring pain, if we actually kind of lived into it, maybe we could actually find purpose and meaning in the midst of the pain that we feel because we could be joining in the pain that Christ felt. And we can actually come out on the other side much more who God created us to, who God created us to be. Right, it's a little bit deep <laughs> for this morning, but uh, but it, but I think that sometimes pain can be beautiful, yeah, uh, and and amazing. And, and every time that we actually serve communion at our church, I always say the beautiful body of Christ broken for you, and His precious blood shed for you, or something like that, or His beautiful blood poured out for you, and uh, and to find beauty in the midst of the pain is not easy. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's a sign of uh, being able to live into our humanity, right? Uh, and 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 I, when I say humanity, I'm saying that the way that God intended us <laughs> to be and to live. So anyway, it's it's a it's a really really cool stuff. And he was talking about um, the Blue Note. Have you ever heard about the Blue Note in jazz? Uh, I've heard of the Blue Note Cafe. Oh, okay. Well, I think this is like the blue like jazz thing. You know? Oh, okay. It, it, I think that's where the kind of the the, the thing came from. But it's theology from below, or jazz theology is what he's calling it. And he was saying that they created the blue notes uh, to symbolize pain. So they're not a happy note. They're not a good note. But they wanted to make sure that it was a part of it because it, the same mentality that maybe from it's within the pain that we can actually find out who we are created to be and who we are. Right. And uh, anyway, and he was talking about that a little bit more. But the main topic I was really wanting to get to was uh, he talks about um, ways in which we uh, do not read the Bible correctly. Okay, and uh, and I thought about um, barriers barriers to vision is what um, is what he says. That's what he's talking about. So here are common pitfalls, barriers that keep us from encountering the Word of God or the Bible the way that that they say that God desires for us to encounter the Bible. Okay, all right. So here's here's and I th- these are really good. I actually like these. So 
here here are these things. And I, and I want to encourage our listeners to be able to decide, oh, well, when I read the Bible, this is some of the issues I might have to deal with. All right, so the first one is it's all about me. Right. <laughs> so hyper-personalism, the tendency to read Scripture through an overly individualized lens, forgetting that the original story featured families, clans, and entire nations. <clears throat> Right. So, you know, and I think this is a very big issue for the West that, you know, when we read the word you, we're automatically thinking me, when in reality, 90% of the time it says you in the Bible, at least in the Greek New Testament, it really is saying y'all. Right. Uh, But we read it as you and we want to read it as individually. And the greatest example of that is uh, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. People want to say, ooh, ooh, it's my body. No, it's actually y'all's body yeah, is the, the body, body of, the of Christ. Of yeah, which makes sense. The two are more gathered, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's talking about a group of people. All right, taming the wild beast, domestification of the Bible. Okay. The tendency to domesticate Scripture and make it safe. So, so, so the idea that it's so readily available that it's taken for granted, kind of? No. Uh, reading stories and not making them as rated PG-13 or R that they actually are. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? Like um, like Hosea? Sure, yeah. Yeah, Hosea. Like uh, There are some stories that are never even read in, in the Song Bible. Song of Solomon's? Well, sure, Song of Solomon's. Check out those gazelles over there. <laughs> those trees of Lebanon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that is... and I, and I, I'm, Dude, I'm guilty of that one big time. It's just like uh, there, and he wrote a he read a scripture. Oh gosh, I forgot where it's at. Um, bu- bu- boom. Oh man, I can't believe I forgot that. Oh well, he read a scripture from I think it was from it was either from Kings or Judges, maybe it's Judges, where um, the guy has the he calls her a sex slave. He's she's a part of his harem, but he says no, she's a sex slave. <laughs> You know, those kinds of oh, okay. those kinds of things, and uh, and this is the one where uh, she left him, and he actually said he actually felt like he should go speak to her tenderly of heart because I think he kind of fell in love with her instead of just treating her like a sex slave. So he went to her father's house to go be able to speak these words to her, and then anyway, she ends up being cut up in in twelve or thirteen pieces by this guy. And I mean, it is just like whoa. <laughs> I don't think I've <laughs> read that part. Exactly, exactly. So maybe we are domestic, domesticating the Bible by picking and choosing the stories we want to hear and talk about. Well, you know, like the sword going through the, the king all the way through the king, and then when he when he left the sword in him, you couldn't even see the sword because the king was so fat. I mean, there's all kinds of cool stories in the Bible that, that anyway, he says that maybe we are domesticating the Bible in some cases. Bumper sticker Bibles, reductionism. Is what he says. It's like the tendency to reduce the complex realities of life into simple formulas. Like, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. My favorite one is that's oversimplified <laughs> and and absolutely incorrect is uh, resist the devil and he will flee, <laughs> which is not what it says. <laughs> it says submit then yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Right. Or the line and the lamb. Yeah. Nowhere does it say the lion and the lamb lay together. It's, <laughs> it's the lamb and the wolf. How, anyway. how about God helps them who help themselves? Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, like prayer changes, prayer changes things. It's just so, it's so generic and it just boils it all down. So right. Anyway. All right. Um, Although I will say, I still like this one little saying that sums it all up. Love God, love others. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> I, th- right. I think Jesus promoted that bumper sticker. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, all the law can be summed up right here on yeah. your bumper. You're like, wait a second. Jesus liked reductionism. <laughs> Just saying. Jesus is a bumper sticker theology kind of guy. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Okay, all right. So uh, the next one is Just Me and My Tribe Isolationism. The tendency to isolate ourselves, especially from those who are different or distinct from us. This is what this is my biggest beef in the evangelical world, the Protestant world, is the 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 line between the Catholics and the Protestants. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I matter of fact, I, I sometimes hear in just casual conversation somebody will say, you know, Christians, but they'll correct themselves and say, I mean Catholics. It's like, oh gosh! It's like, really? <laughs> and if you I'm go, like, hmm, that's you go, interesting. You go South America, it gets like wars. I mean, you go to Northern Ireland, you get wars over these kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's it's just crazy how how much you know there. And, and my favorite thing right now is is that I mean, I am I, I feel like I am uh, have become like a Catholic focused podcast consultant because <laughs> I've connected with Father Roderick and SQPN. Right. And of course, he's got this entire network, which is the Catholic Podcasting Network. Right. Sure. And P- Father Roderick and I are doing a podcast Sorry. together now. And, uh, and also. This morning, right? You do this. Yeah. It's actually has been moved till this afternoon. Oh, okay. It's been rescheduled <laughs> today. But anyway, and then I'm doing, um, consulting for father seraphim bashomer who does uh catholic under the hood and i've worked with lisa hendy for the catholic moms podcast and all this <laughs> other stuff so i i mean i have a lot of friends not uh, clients yeah. but also friends that are roman catholic who are catholic and they don't treat me as i'm a uh, i'm a heathen going to hell right sure you know and it's like and of course i grew up in the catholic church going to at least uh you school. know what's happening they, in their mind, they're trying to convert you back. I think so. <laughs> they're tired of you going to hell. Yep. And they went, no, I'm just joking. I'm totally, totally kidding everybody. I would love to have Father Roderick on the About the Church podcast That'd sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd and love just that. ask, hey, do you think that anyone who is not baptized or confirmed Catholic, are they going to hell? No, no, no. It's it's uh, if you were baptized in the Catholic Church and now no longer a part of it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's where the hell part comes in. So... Yeah, because I had a seminary professor that grew up Catholic, and then he left, and he and that's the way he introduced himself in class. He was like, "Hi, my name is so and so, and I'm going to hell," <laughs> because it started out Roman Catholic and now a Methodist. But my family is safe; we're good there. Yeah, he was a Wesleyan expert. It was just he was a joke. So anyway, I, I think that'd be interesting. I, I bet you he would be up for it to talk about some of the things that the Catholic Church believes and 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 stuff like that. Sure. Alrighty. All right. So adjust me and my tribe, uh, the isolationism. And I think that's a big deal because a lot of times when we read it, when we think, okay, how is this going to change the way I live, the way that we live? Uh, rarely do we think about oh, how would this change the way people live in Africa or the way they live in South America or something else like that. So it's, it is definitely just me and my tribe or how is this going to affect the Methodist church and yeah. no, not anybody else, just like what you're saying. So anyway. Or how is this just going to affect my church here on this block? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So the next one is superhero stories. Uh, heroism, the tendency toward hero worship, steaming from a deep desire to clean up humanity and celebrate human potential. We desperately want to have heroes to make us believe that with enough effort, we can be deserving of God's grace. Would that not be an awesome TV show, DG? <laughs> we could call it Heroes. Yeah, but no, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm 
No, I'm saying, wouldn't it be a cool, like, not not a TV show, but like a cartoon? Remember the, like, the League of Justice? Yeah, yeah. You know, one to twin powers activate kind of stuff. <laughs> but instead, it's all Bible heroes. Yeah, and, and They so, have that. Go into any Family Life Christian bookstore thing. Oh, and they're, crap. They're, they? like, they're all over the place. They've got cartoons. They've got but, figures. They've got No, no, no. I understand they probably have all, But I'm talking about where they're all together from all the different ages. So you've got Moses and Abraham, and you've got David oh. <laughs> and and Bible man. yeah and paul the apostle and, and it's like it's just like all these biblical heroes right yeah. and they all go out and they yeah. they they change the world radically for christ yeah and that's what they're saying to not do <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it's you know but he said we want to make these superheroes out of you know all the characters about all right the next one is god's little instruction book mm-hmm. it's just moralism um you know, the tendency to view the Bible as though it were a rule book concerning primarily with morality, not our behavior. Oh, primarily with morality, our behavior and our activity. Right. Uh, so it's just like, you know, the Forgetting. Bible for dummies, you know, kind of. a Yeah, life for dummies. Right. Then split personalities is another one. The tendency to dis, uh, well, discarnate the world by dividing reality into two realms, the spiritual, which is good, and the material, which is bad. Uh that kind of mentality of, of saying, no, only the spiritual world is good and the material world is bad. So, so the whole, the, 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 you know, living in the world, but not of it kind of thing They they're missing the mark on that. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That you living, know, what, let's live in a bubble kind of thing. Well, yeah. Or say, uh, God can't use movies because movies are materialism. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. And heaven forbid <laughs> Facebook is evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not, it's not Christian. All right, so I'm going to go through all of them real quick, and you can let me know which ones you struggle with, and I'll tell you the ones I struggle with too. Split personalities, God's little instruction book, just me and my tribe, superhero stories, taming the wild beast, domestication, bumper sticker Bibles. So out of all those, which I, ones do you I, think? I'll, are, I'll tell you. I, I'll just share. The oh, and one. it's all about me. The the one that uh, I think I struggle with the most is probably the instruction book. Hmm. Because I, I I tend to look at it as you know it's like okay wh- what is there in and, and also the personalized you know what is in here for me today you know what, yeah. what what's God got to say but at the same time I think I think that that there's a health there's a healthy deal of that or a healthy bit of that that you can take from the Bible but to limit it to that I think hmm. is an issue okay you know, yeah. I, I believe yeah. I believe that that the Bible is a source of guidance not just for myself, but for the world. And, and so, and matter of fact, this weekend or this past weekend, I asked, I started my sermon off is like, have you ever asked yourself what's God's will for my life? You know, I mean, how many times do we ask ourselves that question? It's like, that should not be a question on your mind because if you just take some time to open up the Bible, the Bible is full of tons of things that are his will for your life. And one of those things we're going to talk about today, which is encouraging others through Christ right. on a daily basis. Right. You know, and yeah. and so I do go to, to God and I and to the word to seek out instruction of, okay, how should I be adjusting my, and renewing my mind about how I think and do things in this world? Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think yeah. that that's bad, but I do <laughs> see that, you know, am I forgetting about the fact that God's got a story going on? That he's telling a story here from the beginning and has a purpose, and and that I'm not alone. I'm not an island. That I'm I'm called to do this with all who call on the name of Christ. Right. You know, and yeah. and stuff. So yeah, I see that. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's the main one for you is the instruction. Yep. What about you? You know, when I was listening to this, I was thinking to myself, um, I don't intentionally domesticate the Bible. Um, because I actually like all those other stories. <laughs> we we brought some interesting I, I, I ones like, in the conversation. I, like, I like the shock value. You know what I'm saying? It's not because it's blessing me. It's because I just like the shock value. Um, but I think it's uh, the one that's just me and my tribe because I am United Methodist. Uh, Methodist. Just, 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 you I are am, them. I am United Methodist. I am the Methodists. <laughs> all of them are summed up in no way pinky. Um. I, because I do think that I, I think about that a lot. Um, and I do, I am, I just, I, I have to go to meetings and, you know, and all, all kinds of stuff like that, but I do care about them. I do, I do see them declining and I do see them, um, not being and doing what I feel like God desires for his church to be and to do. And so I think I tend but is to, it, the question is, is it the Methodist? I mean, isn't it, shouldn't we just be concerned about the kingdom of God? Is that, Right, no, no, I, but I think the Methodists are a part of the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah, you know, so it's it's just just like if I saw, you know, how about uh, it's like our family, you know, it's like I have my mom and dad, my sister and my brother. I I, I care about how we how my entire family is going, but I I I do have some control and say into how things are going in my family, and I can I I probably have a little bit more influence there, and so maybe that's not a bad thing to think that you know what right. can I do to help. No, no, no. It's, this it's, local. No, tribe. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's probably keeping me from really truly encountering some of the Bible because I'm not thinking about it as a like for the entire world or something else like that. That I'm thinking about, you know, I don't immediately go to the Methodists, but it always I will always put that in there whenever I'm reading the Bible, and I think I'm probably guilty of thinking of just me and my tribe. Hmm. So anyway, gotcha. I just thought that was a cool. Kind of yeah. topic and a cool idea. Uh, all this stuff came from Bob Eckblad. E C K B L A D. This is all adapted from Bob Eckblad. Gotcha. Well, I got two things. One, uh, Daniel in our chat room says, but some of the things we stress over being God's will or not, I believe, are decisions He allows us to choose for ourselves based on, uh, let's see, based on already living our regular lives according to His word. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I remember a couple years ago, I had a friend of mine. Who said, God, uh, said Cliff, I need, I need you to sp- pray for something very specific for me. And I'm like, okay. I have this opportunity where I could stay here and have XYZ with my position, or I could move, I have an offer to move to Atlanta and move up into this diff- different position. And it's like, I need you to pray that God will reveal to me exactly which decision he wants me to take. What would be his yeah. will for this? <laughs> and, I, and, and I said, you know, I said, you know what, because you ask, I will pray. And if that's what God does, you know, uh, contrary to what I understand about God and, and how he reveals his will, uh, I'll pray for that because you've asked me to. Uh, but let me give you my feeling on this. And, and again, I said, this is my feeling. I didn't go to any kind of theological training on this. But God's will is that you love your wife, that you uh, build into and invest in the lives of your family that you love your neighbors, that you serve your coworkers, that you serve your neighbors, that that we feed the hungry, that we, you know, that you place, you know, priority on time with God, that you seek his kingdom first. These are the things that are God's will for your life. Now, whether or not you choose to do that here in Kentucky or in Atlanta, 
I don't know that God really cares one way or the other. And I don't mean to say that so passively. No, I don't think But I think that God's okay with whatever decision you make. I don't think that you're going to make the wrong, you know, if you move to Atlanta and all of a sudden things don't go right, I don't think that that was God saying, well, you should have listened to me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> do you? What do you think about that statement? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think that it's it can be very frustrating when, you know, like I get people all the time saying, hey, I've I've got, you know, this job interview tomorrow. Would you please pray for me to get it? Yeah. And uh, and I just say, hey, I'm just going to let you know, I care about you more than I care about this job for you. So I'm going to be praying for the perfect person for that job, and I'm going to be praying for the perfect job for you. Now, if it just so happens to be that this is the one, then awesome. That is awesome. But if not, I care about you. Yep. I care about you. And I know that that right now you might feel like you've got tunnel vision that you desperately have to have a job. You don't care. You've yep. <laughs> you've lowered all your standards or whatever else. And that's okay. Sometimes we need to go get a job at McDonald's to be able to get back on our feet, to be able to go and move on. Um, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. So sometimes we ask for God to pray us out of our circumstances. Yeah. When I think sometimes God is desiring to change us. And, yep. um, you know, God, Jesus did not pray out of his circumstances. Yep. He lived into them to the point of sacrifice. I keep asking God to send the money truck to my house, and he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Will you me pray with you for that? <laughs> Would you please pray that the truck, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I don't, it doesn't have to show up this week. Just, just please pray that he'll send me tracking information. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just want to know estimated time of delivery. That's so funny. That's hilarious. All right, we got a question uh, that was submitted. By the way, via... it's Judges nineteen. If you want to know about the concubine or sex slave and the Levite and the cutting it all, cutting uh, her all up, literally, yeah, yeah. What, um, what is it? Judges what? Judges nineteen. Judges nineteen. I'm gonna have to read that because I don't remember ever. Of course, I I get into the book of Judges and I'm like. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah, sometimes. Dude, I'm telling you, I think Judges and Kings would make the best. Kings is awesome. Like, they would make the best radar movie on the planet. <laughs> it would. There's, like, sex everywhere and blood and death jo- and murder. and jo- The the story man. of Joseph is somewhat a rated R movie. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but listen, once again, domesticating the Bible. Here we go. Here's All right. Well, it's because we we have to make it rated G for our flannel graph flannel graphs for our Sunday school classes. <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That, I think that's one of the reasons why everyone, when I did my sermon at Christmas time about uh, dragon being at Mary's uh, Mary's crotch, uh, waiting for the the baby to come out to devour the baby, it's like it's it's the Christmas story in Revelation, and. Uh, <laughs> And, and needless to say, I still have kids that draw pictures for me. I preached this like maybe four years ago, three years ago. I still have kids drawing like little baby Jesus in the crash and Mary and Joseph. And here's the wise man and the shepherds. And then, boom, this big, huge dragon just in the middle of the thing. It's awesome. <laughs> Professor Allen in the chat room says, hey, Cliff, give to my ministry and you'll be blessed. Too funny. All right. So here's the deal. Steve called in and he wants to know if he's going to hell for drinking beer. He didn't actually say it that way. (laughs) Okay. I was like, really? But here's Steve's question. Hey, Cliff. This is Steve from Indiana. And this question is for about the church. Just wanted to uh, hear what you and DG have to say concerning uh, people who consider themselves Christians partaking of alcohol. Um, My personal opinion 
whether you want to hear it or not, is uh, <laughs> I like that. I, I do that. feel like I'm a Christian. I believe in the Lord, and um, but there are times when I'm having dinner that I, I do like to drink a beer. So <gasps> um, I'm sure there are some people who look down on it, and some people think it's perfectly okay. But I want to hear uh, the stance that you and DG take on this. I'll let you go now, and I look forward to hearing you guys talk about this. All right, the whole you know, thing. You know what you need? What? You, you need uh, one of those sound bites of just a fire crackling. You know, like... like <gasps> oh, no, not that one? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, just a really quiet, peaceful Christmas time fire going. How about like, something like that? You know, you just tell you the crackling of a fire. Nice. That would be so funny. All right, so, so DG, Steve, he's got a problem. How can we help him from his addiction? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know, and honestly, not to make light of uh, of the, there is there are people that have addictions to alcohol. And no, so, no, I, I know. I just yeah, I just clarifying that. I don't want to be. I don't want to. But the occasion, anybody, the occasional man. beer at dinner is this is this a mortal sin or what was what's the other sin? There's mortal sin and there's oh I don't in know. the Catholic Church. I didn't. I don't have. There's to. mortal sins and is it venial sin? I have no idea. It's been vino long. sins? No, I have no idea. <laughs> the mortal is beer and the vino sins, there's wine? Vino. Ah, I was right. See? Vino, where'd it go, man? There we go. Vino means that, you know, if you die, I don't think you go straight to hell, but mortal is... You, oh. If, if, unforgiven mortal sins, I think you, you go straight to hell or something. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I, again, the, I, I'm working on my Catholic <laughs> religious education from second through seventh grade, and it's been a while since I've been in Catholic school, so... There you go. And I was, by the way, I was attending a Pentecostal church at the time. <laughs> so I was totally messed up. <laughs> but that's the one that you went to because all the hot girls were there. That's right? exactly right. <laughs> you, make sure. you ain't lying. <laughs> oh, it's funny. That's so funny. There's, still, there's still something about long hair and a skirt that goes down to your ankles. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. No, I am. Uh, I, I no, I do not think that uh, that um, having a beer here or there um, is necessarily uh, a horrible thing. I do think that whenever you drink in excess, uh, to the point that you, uh, it starts affecting the way you, the way you walk, the way you speak, um, things like that. I do think that that is getting in the way of of your being able to think. Yeah, and therefore could possibly be able to get in the way of you being in a right relationship with God. Um, so I, and I'm not talking about people who just get drunk, you know, once or twice. I'm saying that the idea of being drunk in my mind, you, you've just taken it too far. Yeah. Uh, because just, just because you are not your full self, uh, to be able to make decisions or to be able to, to be able to have a relationship with God be able to talk because you can't talk with others very well at that point in time. And if I care about communication and I care about relationship, <laughs> then you are affecting the relationship right. in a way that it's not selfless mm -hmm. uh, in that relationship. So that's just my personal opinion. I, and I do think that, um, that uh, if you're doing that quite often, um, then yeah, you, you might have a problem and you need to deal with that. But no, uh, one beer, a, a day at night, you know, whatever else it is. I don't know. I don't even, I don't drink. I, I really don't like, I'll like, I go to the pub and one of our, one of the church groups that I lead, one of the, the uh, organic gatherings that I, that I lead 
on a Sunday nights meets at the pub and they're all drinking a beer and smoking a pipe and we're, we're reading the Bible or whatever else. And I just taste all their beers. <laughs> right. And I've yet to find a beer that tastes as good as a Coke. So I really just don't drink. Although I did drink one that was like a basically raspberry juice. <laughs> I couldn't tell if there was any beer in there. Um, but I just haven't really found one now. Root beer. Now we're talking. There, there you go. Well, um, but anyway, my, that's that's and it's so funny whenever I'm drinking milk and they're all drinking beers in the pub. I love that. Gosh, it's great. Fun stuff. What do you so, think? What do you think? Well, Luke? here's the thing. Jesus's first miracle was uh, done at a wedding where they had ran out of wine. Right. And that wine. And, and the other thing you have to realize, too, is um, <laughs> these wedding parties would go on for days. Uh huh. Yep. And they ran days. out of wine. And Jesus's first miracle was actually turning water into wine. And it's like they made a comment that, dude, you guys saved the best for last. This is this is the best of the brew. Right, right, you know, so so uh, I'd have to imagine that Jesus may or may not have maybe had wine at the Last Supper. Jesus drank wine everywhere. I would, I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. You see where I'm going with this? Like like the highest holy moment that we all celebrate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, something tells me it wasn't Welch's. <laughs> Although Welch's is cool because they're Christians and they're Methodists. Are they really? <laughs> that is so funny. You and your tribe, I tell you. Buy those Welch's, baby. <laughs> but do you see where I'm coming from? I no, mean, no, I agree. I agree. So, so here, here's my thinking on this. There, there, are, there are two things, two big points on this that I think when somebody talks to me about whether or not alcohol drinking alcohol is sinful or whatever, is it wrong or what have you? Sure. Um, and, and again, these are my opinions. Please understand that. Right. 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 So number one, I don't think drinking alcohol is sinful at all. Matter of fact that you guys may be shocked to think that I don't think that gambling is sinful at all. Uh, I think that greed is sinful and I think drunkenness is sinful. Because the Bible says, do not get drunk on wine. But beer, you're okay. Uh, do you, I'm just, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, it says, do not get drunk, which leads to debauchery or uncontrolled living, but instead be filled with the Spirit. So, so the, the, the idea here is don't lose control of yourself. You know, that when you lose control of yourself, when you can't walk the right way, when you can't speak the right way, you know, I always look at it this way. As a father... You know, what if an emergency arises where I need to be there as quickly as possible for my children? If I'm inebriated and I can't be there, you know, how and something happens in an emergency situation that could have been avoided had I been there, how would I feel about that? You know, and and stuff like that. So certainly I, I think that being drunk, the Bible completely speaks against. Now, where does the Bible draw the line on being drunk? Is it that light buzz feel that you get, you know, or whatever? You know, let's not go into semantics. Let's just say that the Bible says that we shouldn't be drunk. That's what it says. Now, um, it does not say you should not drink. It It doesn't say you shouldn't drink alcohol. Now, what it does say, however, regardless of whether or not this is an issue for you or not, do not use your fr- your freedom in any manner, no matter what it is that you do, that becomes a stumbling block for someone else. And again, it, you're, you were absolutely right to not make light of this. Uh, 
but there are people who have addiction to alcohol that sure. for them they cannot drink just a drink right you know right. It, it is it is a and it is a biological addiction and and it is something that um they are, you know people are are in support groups they have sponsors that try to help them you know they they stay sober for you know two three four years and if they were to have one drink that's just all it takes to get them right back to where they began right and the and the thing is is i would not want myself to be that source of temptation for my friend does that make sense yeah sure and that that's clear that that's the big thing for me now i will tell you that I I am not an alcoholic. My my real dad is an alcoholic. He I don't think he drinks now. Uh but you know when I was growing up he's the biggest alcoholic I'd ever met in my life. I mean it mm. it, it was really bad and some of the things he's done has just been unbelievable. But anyway, um so I I know what it's like to 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 be around that. Now, when I went to college, I thought I turned into. I thought that it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just like my dad. I'm an alcoholic. I can't stop drinking. I, I joined a fraternity, right. uh, and I would drink a fifth of vodka with no problem at all. And I don't know what that is, but okay, okay, it's a, a big <laughs> bottle of vodka. Okay. I, I could drink an entire bottle in one evening or and it, still walk. Oh, I thought that was like, or a fifth of that bottle. What's a fifth mean? Like a what do you fifth, get the fifth, a fifth of vodka. It, it, I don't know. Okay, I don't right, know if it's okay. like one fifth liter or whatever. Okay, all right. but anyway, um, so anyway, but uh, we there was three story beer bongs. I mean, we the craziest stuff, and I was drinking all the time. My first semester at college, I think that I was sober during the day, maybe about four or five times during my first semester at college. Mm. It was that bad. Well, wow. and I literally thought, okay, I am, I, I'm an, I'm an alcoholic, right? Obviously I wasn't an alcoholic because I became so convicted about my issues that after that semester, I, I decided I was never going to drink again. And wow. the next two semesters after that, I didn't, I, I didn't touch, I didn't have a sip. Oh, wow. Alcohol. Okay. So, so obviously it was something that I did have control over. But right. I, I was not. And it exit. might have been hard. to. It was. It was very difficult. Yeah. But I will tell you this. I, I don't believe that I'm an alcoholic. But here's the thing. DG, if I if you and I, if you were somebody who drinks and we go out to uh, a nightclub or something like that and you say, hey, let me buy you a beer. <laughs> I, I would drink that beer and I would I could stop if I wanted to. Sure. But I don't want to. It's like, you know, what? I like I like that. I, I get a little bit more so- socially greased up, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, how's it going? And and I start feeling a little bit more comfortable in my skin. And right. for some, I just don't know when to stop. Right, right, right. You know, I am not the type of guy when it comes to alcohol that I have. After two beers, I'm starting to feel it pretty pretty good these days because I haven't drank forever. Right. And then all of a sudden, from that point forward, I lose all reason of when to stop. I mean, mm. it's like you're going to have to pull me out of here because right. I'm not going to stop. And so because of that, I just don't drink. You know, right, I don't right. I don't make wise decisions after I've had two beers. Right, right, right. So right. I choose not to drink. It's not because I think it's sinful. It's just that God's. I I go to the instruction book and it says <laughs> one of, one of the things. It says, listen, don't get drunk on wine or don't get drunk, which leads to debauchery. Right. You know, you you you're looking pretty stupid there, Cliff. 
Right. You can't even say things. You're right. Jesus loves you. You know, it's like that. The worst thing that ever happened. I it, it, God really convicted me when I was sitting there and I was drunk out of my mind and witnessing to people about why they should get back into a relationship with God. It was it was messed up. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. well, it's funny. You know, when I went in for my surgery. On my knee, my first ACL surgery, because I had surgery on my other knee too, uh, as soon as I went into the the surgeon, the, the, as soon as they injected me with the drug that made me a little bit loopy, I went immediately to to uh, asking everybody if they knew Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And I was like, oh, man. And I walked in there and I was like, who in here is a Christian? Have I told you this story? No. I wa- literally wheeled me into like where they're doing the surgery. And they said, and they said... <laughs> They said, and I, no, I said, who in here is a Christian? And they said, I think everybody except for Muhammad. And I said, come on over here, Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy cow. But the guy was like, well, go ahead and keep on telling me about Jesus because your your heart rate is going way down when you talk about him. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty funny because most of the time it just excites me. It doesn't do anything. Nice. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. You guys are awesome. Absolutely. I do want to say one thing, though. When Stephanie and I go on, when we've gone on vacations and we've been at, like, cocktail parties, uh-huh. I will have myself two strawberry daiquiris. But Stephanie's usually in control, and she says... And I've never had a daiquiri, so... They're 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 yummy. <laughs> but uh, it, I always drink sissy drinks now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, anyway... We want to say thank you to everybody out there. And if you want to help support the money truck that's on its way to the GSPN.TV world headquarters. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm just kidding. Uh, we would love your support of the content that we're producing here and the community that we're leading. Uh, just become a Plus member. Head over to GSPN.TV slash Plus. Of course, we want to tell you to check out uh, DG's awesome podcast about the church or what was that but anyway it's called practice podcast yes that was a skip of the music and threw us all off yes <laughs> he does a great podcast called the praxis podcast p-r-a-x-i-s podcast.com uh-huh. yep. and Thank what's the you. most recent episode out there my friend it's actually with ryan bulger who wrote a book a really important book about the emergent church so please 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 go listen to that it's pretty cool yeah dg hollams is uh got a special website that he's created for his adoption i believe yeah just adoption.hollums.com h-o-l-l-u-m-s.com you can read about our journey and everything we're doing and you can support us if you want to that way too but uh it's kind of cool to be able to see the kind of the journey and stuff like that so and pray that i find time to be able to do the things i need to do for the adoption it's kind of killing me so yeah and uh, so, folks, we want to encourage you to give us a call with your questions, kind of like Steve, you know, yeah, and definitely. just say, hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? What do you think about how many different things can we generally speak about? Exactly. You know, there are tons of them, and we're just waiting for your questions. We're going to be talking about cutting up ladies in the Bible next week. There we go. <laughs> Judges 19. 12 uh, pieces. There you go. Yeah. So we want to hear from you. The phone number, of course, is area code 859-795-4067. That number one more time. 859-795-4067. Of course, if you got an iPhone, you can hit the little voice recorder app thing. Oh, yeah, voice memo. Hit that record button. When you're, hit, when you're done, click the share button and then type in the email address, feedback at gspn.tv. Mm. Until everybody, until everybody, until next time, everybody. <laughs> thank you for listening to episode nine five of the About <laughs> Which Church. Which means ninety five, exactly. Uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, we invite you to tell everybody in the world about the About the Church podcast. 
And uh, until next time, join the community. That's right. See you guys later. Bye-bye.